1: Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Hello and welcome to the Rams Talk podcast preview show. Uh, This week we are talking all things Oxford United um, as uh, we go there to uh, really try and get back on track with our away form. Um, And to talk all through that with me, I've got Jack from the... uh, Tamana Podcaster. I don't know if I've uh, done that uh, too well, Jack. How are you, mate?
3: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, that's a good effort, better than some other clubs this season. So,
2: yeah, that's a green light for you. <laughs> well, so it's one of them where you kind of read it and you go, that can't be too hard to say, but then you try and really go for it and you <laughs> it is really easy to butcher. Um, but no, um, really pleasure having you on and uh, and we'll, we'll get really straight stuck into it, to be honest. Um The last time we played each other was right at the start of the season. Um, I mean, both teams are probably vastly different from then. And obviously with yourselves, with your your managerial situation, us with a managerial change since then and a style of play, um, a lot of things may be different going into uh, the weekend's game. Um, I mean, how do you as uh, as Oxford fans and you guys on the podcast really see uh, this upcoming fixture um, in terms of? Do you feel you're going to get anything from it, and and how do you really see this one going? Um, it probably feels like a little bit of a free hit, given given where
3: we're at. As you've mentioned, the managerial situation that's still kind of unsolved as yet. Um, plenty of rumours, but we've arguably got two massive games that follow the derby game against uh, Morecambe and Forest Green, which you know could fully shape the season. Um, so it's probably we probably see it as a bit of a free hit saying that you could ask me again on Friday, we, ha- we might have a new manager appointed, and there's suddenly a bit of you know optimism around the club. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's a bit of a free hit, I think, as much for you guys as well. Obviously, you play Plymouth tomorrow night, but you probably need to come and take the three points to have any chance of you know looking at the autos. We we just like to score a goal or get a point, really, given how it's going <laughs> at the minute. So, um yeah i'd say it's a little bit of a free hit but it's not without its own pressures
2: well yeah you, we, we were i mean chatting just before we, we we went live and and i mean any managerial change is going to cause a, a change whether that's positively or negatively uh i mean is it because obviously i presume the assistants now taking uh, the reins at least for the its small interim i mean as Was he in charge at the weekend and how did that really go? Yeah, so
3: it's Um, actually Craig Short, who was obviously with you guys for quite a while. Yeah. um, I think with the youth team, perhaps. Um, Yeah, I think generally we played a bit better on Saturday. I think he said in the press that he thought we'd been too open. Um, Carl Robinson was very much kind of wanting to to at least try and play attacking, passing football, getting up the pitch. But um, Short said, you know, we need to focus on, you know, being solid. Um, and it sounds like we we were much better. We were a bit more expansive going forward as well. And to be honest, when when you look at the stats and look at the highlights and all the rest of it, we we should have come away with at least a point. Um, we missed an absolute sitter in the last few minutes, and it's it's just rather summed up how it's been going. Um, you know, we we can't score to save our <laughs> lives. In a minute, and you know, when when you're not scoring, you you can't win a game. You know, the most obvious thing to say, but um, yeah, it's. I, I think if you ask any Oxford fan, we're not really sure how we've got to the position we're in. It's been, you know, this season is a failure by all accounts. Um, we've had our biggest budget in years, um, paying some sizeable wages for you know a club of our size and our fan base. So this season is a failure. We've just, we've just got to check it, it doesn't get any worse.
2: Well, that's it. It's it's more you kind of look at it and goes it damage limitations this season. You just make sure you're safe and uh, and like I said, get yourself in that mid table position and and consolidate and then go ahead for next season. Obviously under a new manager, uh, and and we were just kind of looking to there your, your last um, obviously last time out at the weekend. Um, obviously another defeat, uh, and, and we, I mean we're inconsistent at the moment with uh, against the two two against Shrewsbury and obviously going up against uh, a real uh force to be reckoned with in Plymouth on on tuesday night before we come uh, together on saturday um i mean really is is the aim uh obviously being the, the one the first one under uh really a managerial change but like we said uh under new uh new hands or has a style of play changed anything like that or is it really kind of he's kept everything kind of seen uh, going and, and with how you were previously
3: yeah, I mean the the interim there's kind of Craig Short's the, the official caretaker if you like and then the the couple of backroom staff who've stayed, you know, they've been around all season, so they've been part of what has gone before. Um as I say Craig Short, you know, in the media he's spoken about trying to be more solid at the back. I think to be honest, we we didn't give away too many chances against Lincoln. It was a penalty um, penalty goal for Lincoln, which is you know again rather sums it up at the moment. <laughs> um, but the, you know the, the squad is what it is. You, you know there's a possibility he might add a free agent before the end of March, but you know the squad is what it is. He, he, there's only so much um, he can do. Again, if an, if a new manager was to come in, maybe they'd have their you know completely fresh ideas. But really, it's you know muddle through for the final. 10, 11 games and just hope that we're better than those three or four
2: below us that are kind of in breathing reach. Well, really just kind of bringing the managerial situation to to, to a point. I mean, we were talking about briefly just before we came on the the, the, the names that have been battered around. And like you said, we were looking at the bookies list that you keep checking while you're at work and stuff like that. I mean, what names are out there and, and what, what names maybe are maybe getting your, your, your fan base talking? well the, the, there's
3: names that are getting the fan base talking for entirely the wrong reasons so the right, i don't okay. know I, I don't know if someone's throwing darts at, at random names but uh, <laughs> so so far in the what is a week since we sat carl robinson um favorites have included robbie fowler and neil lennon um right which is i mean i think i think the fowler one's a bit of a lazy link because he has done some coaching with us this season um okay. but I hope to God he's nowhere near the interview process. I think Neil Lennon's someone having a laugh at the bookies and people kind of latching on (laughs) to it. Um, But no, serious names that are kind of in the mix. Um, Michael Appleton, who we've had before, who got us promoted out of League Two, um, what, six, seven years ago now. I think he's currently the favourite if you look at it now. Um, So he he very much appeals to me. Um, He left us to take the assistant job at Leicester um, so, he may feel he has a kind of unfinished job in League One. He, he left us just outside the playoffs at the end of that season. Um, Grant McCann, who, who took Hull up from this league, has been linked. And then um, the other one's Liam Manning, who obviously got MK Don to the playoffs last year. And then they, uh, they've they rather collapsed this year. And he, got, he obviously lost his job. So, there's, there's some good names being linked, which is nice. Um, there's some incredibly daft names being linked. And as usual, you've got fans going, oh, well, we'll just go get Nathan Jones. You know, he'll, he'll definitely want to come to Oxford. And you, you're just like, well, that's not the case, is it? He's just managing the Premier League. He's not coming anywhere near us. So I think the, the the romantic side of football would probably like Michael Appleton to come back, kind of a reunion. And I mean, if he was appointed before Saturday, I think you'd see the ticket sales for Saturday jump. Um, quite considerably, so yeah, um, the the club seems to have stopped, you know, much noise getting out. So it's a little bit guess guessing where the process is at, if it if it's close or whether it'll be next week. It, you know, no one really seems to know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? And and the uncertainty kills you, doesn't it? Because you kind of sat there going, well, what what's next, and and how quick is it, and and do you know I mean. And you're kind of going into each game going, oh, well, this, this one without a new manager, it could be, like you said, a free hit and, and you kind of tick down the games and stuff. Whereas you guys kind of need to get points on the board, don't you?
3: Well, this is the thing that, you know, I'd happily take 10 scrappy 1-0 horrendous, you know, smash and grab, <laughs> you know, <laughs> victories between now and the season or, you know, enough. We, we have to stay up. That's that That's object one. Um yeah. how we do that, I don't really care if, if it's ugly, it's ugly, you know. At the end of the day, this season's been a disaster. It can't it can't be allowed to get worse. Um, and I you know, I kind of feel a bit sorry for whatever manager comes in because if it goes badly, ultimately they're the one with the relegation on their CV. Um, but you know but i'm still i still remain optimistic <laughs> um, it's as just, much as you can be yeah i've just glanced at the table on the on the screen here and i'm just looking at the games in hand below us naturally it's quite terrifying so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well well yeah we'll see we, we've got we've got we'll to win stay. eventually we've got to yes win eventually.
2: yes stop that rut somewhere uh yeah. i mean just going um, just before we really go into the game and, and those key matchups that were maybe going into uh, the, the players and stuff. Um, Derby fans, obviously, whilst I have you on, might be intrigued to know a little bit more about our new head of recruitment that we recently um, took from yourselves, Mark uh, Mark Thomas. I mean, fundamental to the way you guys have built your, your strategy over the last few years, um, bringing in uh, key players through, through your ranks and selling them on for profits and stuff like that, and that real sustainable bundle that we essentially really need. Um, and seems to be, from the talks of the town, quite a coup. I mean, could you just give us a bit more insight about what he's done with yourselves at Oxford and stuff like that while we while we have you?
3: Yeah, so he he joined us. It must've been about the time Michael Appleton was here, actually. Um, there was a big takeover and various kind of roles got put in place. Um, I think he came in as kind of a right-hand man to the chief scout at the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've just pulled up a list cause I thought you might ask and I'm just looking at the players <laughs> that, that, that we signed and then sold on. So you got the likes of Kimar Roof who we signed initially on loan and then sold for 3 million to Leeds. Someone yeah. like Luke Luke McNally, who we signed for sixty thousand and sold to Burnley for over two million. Um players like Marvin Johnson signed for six hundred K, sold for three million, Rob Dickey is now at Reading, Rob Atkinson is at Eastley, uh Joe Rothwell is now at Bournemouth, you know, the list goes on. Um and even some of the loanees we had, um, I think Carlton Morris is scoring freely for Luton now in the championship. Yeah. We had him on loan as an eighteen year old or whatever it was. Um, And the majority of these signings have been credited to Mark Thomas, um, especially those ones from Ireland. So I said about McNally, but um, Mark Sykes, who's now at Bristol City, Gavin White, um, a couple of others. So we kind of, you know, the, the focus was on young talent and, you know, take these players who are either kind of reserve players in the Championship or have been released by Premier League clubs, but have a bit about them, give them game time. And then you kind of a double win because if they're any good and they have game time the team does well and off the back of that you make money and a a club our size that doesn't own our stadium pays a horrendous amount of money to our old chairman we need transfer fees to exist basically so (laughs) you know he he came in did a job and you know there's some ridiculous stat about we've spent two million and brought in 15 million or something like that so yeah um I won't mention the fact that Jamie Hanson and George Thorne were also signed under his uh, <laughs> under he's his tenure. But I think uh, I think that may have been other people overruling him. But yeah, yeah, I think I think for Derby it's it's definitely a good appointment. I know he turned down Portsmouth last summer. Um he knows his stuff, he's got good contacts. So I think, yeah, once I mean, you guys have still got the embargo, haven't you? Technically, Um, at the moment,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: So, I mean, a lot of some of those players I've mentioned, the kind of compensation fees when they're out of contract from, you know, Everton or whatever. So, I imagine he'll have a list, and I'll probably be quite bitter in the summer when you sign a few players that I'd have quite liked because they've probably been (laughs) on his list for a while.
2: Come to Um, yourselves, yeah.
3: But yeah, I think, I think, I think he'll do a good job. He's well thought of. I think he's one of those he gets on in the background and people kind of go, well, what's he doing? And then suddenly you will you know, pluck a player out of nowhere. So, yeah, I think, yeah, if, if an outsider looking in, it's a good, good appointment for sure.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app.
2: I don't know looking at the really your, your top scorers of them I'm just I mean I've just pulled it up here um with we were just having a bit of a, a joke before we, we came on that you you do are struggling to put the ball in the back back of the net um but I mean you got in all competitions um kind of your lead man there is he the one that we've got to watch um for some uh, for Saturday maybe or is he kind of was that maybe maybe at the start of the season and he's now out of form and there's someone else to watch out for um
3: yeah putting the ball in the back of nets just been an issue this season which is mental because last year we scored the most goals in the in the country joint with man city so it's been a massive drop off and we we lost our well lost we sent our kind of main number 9 out on loan to port vale on transfer deadline day which depending who you talk to or what you read there's differing reasons for that um but he's not scored this year, which, again, rather sums things up. If your main man stops scoring, you've got to look elsewhere. So, yeah, Cam Brannigan's got eight eight or nine goals, um, which is it, it's a weird one because in the past two or three seasons, he's been, you know, the main man, our best player, but didn't have goals in his locker. Now he's added yeah. goals to his game and his actual all-round play almost dropped off in this kind of weird, you know, situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Carl Joseph's got, I think, six goals, maybe five in the league, and he's looked quite bright up front. But I'm, I'm not quite sure what his best position is, and he's, he's missed a couple of massive chances as well. So, yeah, yeah, we, it's one of those. We've got a lot of forward options in the squad, but no one, you know, I don't think there's no one in double figures. And you know, if, if, you, if players aren't scoring, you find yourself at the wrong end of the table. Um, but yeah, Brannigan is probably the one. He lo- he loves a shot. He takes a set piece. Um, if he's playing further forward, he, you know he's, he's very box to box in that case. So yeah, it'd just be nice for anyone to score at the minute. I mean, think it's, uh, it's, it's three <laughs> any three, one. three games without a goal. Um, I think it's three. I think it wrote down here three goals in nine games. Um, one of them was from open play. You know, it's it's not great reading at all. So. You know, it's it's just it's a really weird thing to get to, to grips with because last season we were so free scoring and yeah, you know if fine. the opposition's if the opposition scored three, we'd back ourselves to score four. Whereas this year it's yeah. the complete opposite.
2: Well yeah, we I mean just looking at here, um and just kind of yeah your, your, your last time out, um I mean, am I right in saying a few sources that I've been looking into? You you're looking at a four three three kind of formation and and in the way you play and is it kind of cause four three is kind of you know your your bread and butter for going quite attacking and in terms of with your wingers and stuff like that. I mean, is that really the way you do set up? Or I mean is it kind of a does that look quite differently when you watch the game? Um
3: I mean, yeah, exactly. It's it <laughs> it it has been mainly a four three three with wingers. However, um those wingers are rather flatter to deceive. Um and we we ha- had this ridiculous situation where we lost our main defensive midfielder, our kind of holding player in front of the back four about February, February last season, and we've never really replaced him. So whilst we still play a holding midfielder, they're not really, you know, a natural holding midfielder. They don't really break things down, but equally, they don't really get on the ball and start things either. So yeah. It's just this whole season's been a combination of things not really quite working and a lot of that's down to the the manager having a lot more say in the recruitment in the summer which may or not may or may not be a reason why mark thomas has left um yeah, yeah. we we've played five kind of a three five or five three depending you know attacking or defending as well with wing backs which we beat ipswich playing that formation and i don't think we've played it again so you know it, it yeah it I think we'll stay with a four-three-three. Three. We've got wingers in the squad, um, at least if Craig Short stays as caretaker for for Saturday or or going forward. Again, a new manager might have new ideas. He might, you know, spot a way of doing things. I'd love us to try a two. Um, I think we've got a couple of strikers who, who do quite well together as a two. But yeah, you know, the, the three with wingers seems to be the favoured option with the with the squad
2: we've got. I mean, yeah, you you just. Um... So that I was going to bring it up myself. I mean, I mean, Derby fans, um, especially from we, we've been beaten by Wickham. we've been um, held at, uh, against Shrewsbury. I mean, anyone could beat anyone on their day, uh, and and you point, po- pointed it out there. You you, you turned over Ipswich, and that's going to be something that will stand out to Derby fans. And it was some, and it was at your place where we're going to be coming on Saturday. So, I mean, if you are going to be taking. Um, anything going into that game and we and an overturn could happen what, what how would that take place in your in, in your view I think we've just got to be bang at it from the
3: first minute really I mean that the, <laughs> the Ipswich game is a funny one because it was it was in the fog I don't know if you've seen the videos but no, I know what no. No, no one knows how that game ended it it got to the point where you couldn't <laughs> see, see the ball across the pitch and it, it was a bit of a joke to be honest um but, we, yeah, we scored really late on. Um, but I think we've just got to be up for I know, like, on the first day of the season at Pride Park, I didn't think we played too badly, to be honest. I mean, when someone no, like no. Con- Connor Hurrahan's on the pitch and you give him a chance from 20 yards, he's, he's probably going to take it. And, you know, yeah. these bits of quality show. Um, but it, it might be. And, you know, I said before, Craig Short's alluded to this. We might have to just turn it into a bit of a scrap and be a bit bit of a Wickham um as much as I hate that style of football you know we're we're four points above the relegation zone I think it could be one point after tomorrow's games are played like style does not matter at the minute it's about getting points on the board so I apologize in advance if we're uh, a bit up up and and a bit an ugly but yeah needs must
2: yeah well, at the end of the day, like you said, you, you need points on the board, we need points on the board, and it's a case of at this stage of the season going into, now we're in March now, I mean, where, where the time's gone, I have no idea, but yeah. um, you, you, you kind of look at it and go, wins are needed, points are needed on the board to get where both clubs need to go, and I think it will turn into quite an, a, maybe a, quite an occasion for, for you guys if you can get that, uh, Even would, would you say a point would even be a positive result for you guys, you just need to stop the rook. Run-
3: well, yeah, I think it stopped, what's it now, four, four straight defeats, um, including two or three woeful performances against poor sides. I mean, lo- losing at Cambridge was unforgivable. <laughs> um, they'd not won in 10 years before playing us and they haven't won again since. So it just, you know, yeah, you know, but yeah, I think it stopped the rut. A bit of positivity, it'll be a decent sized crowd. Just give us something to kick on ahead of the you know that they are bigger games the week following. I think it, can't remember which way round it is. I think it's Morecambe then Forest Green, or no, sorry, Morecambe then Cheltenham, which are just huge yeah. games. So, you know, if yeah. any springboard from Saturday will be grabbed with you
2: know both hands. <laughs> well, just coming to bring the the pod to a close. I mean, if you were going to be a betting man, and I'll put the put you on the spot here, uh, and because I'll I'll, I'll I'll return five with one. How, um, if you were going to see the the game going, what score would you put on it? And if you were going to score, what it would be your goal scorer?
3: And I've got to be very careful here because I, I actually live in Derby, so I'm co- <laughs> I'm coming down with a <laughs> with a carload of Derby fans a, on Saturday. So um, anything, uh, it, who knows with this team at the minute? Who knows? We could turn up and surprise everyone. We could roll over, um, but. I think I think we'll get a point. I think I'll go one-one, and we'll equalise late on through Stuart Finley, first goal of the season. That's stranger things have happened. Why not? Right, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go. Uh, I'll go two-one. I think I think we'll get. I think we'll get the win. I'm sorry to say, Jack, but um, but I'll back, I'll back the lads to try and overturn. I mean, who knows? After tomorrow night, we could get absolutely. Uh, horn drawn and quartered by Plymouth and and the and going into the Saturday, I have no idea where the confidence will be, but, uh, <laughs> but it, I'll say we're going to get, um, I'll get two one win and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Jack. Um, I mean, if, um, like you said, you're a, maybe, are you, say you're a Derby based or? Derby yeah. Yeah. Based? Did you
3: yeah say? based in Derby. Yeah. So, um, this week at work and the, you know, the next few days are going to be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, who know, who knows what five o'clock on Saturday may bring?
2: I may have to refuse a lift home. We'll see. <laughs> well, it's been an actual pleasure having you, on. If, uh, if anyone or any Oxford fans are listening, where can uh, where can they find you and find the podcast?
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm on Twitter at Captain Ox, and then our podcast, which is Manor Podcast, is at t- underscore Manor Podcast, um, and we record every couple of weeks at the moment. Um, and generally try and bring some optimism
2: to our recording but it's quite difficult at the moment but <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully um you, you guys um can get to safety and and, and maintain yourselves and then and then push on for maybe for next season hopefully um we can uh, watch from you from the championship but if not we'll, we'll we'll get on together again next season
3: yeah definitely well yeah i wish you guys the best of luck obviously being derby based it'd be good to see them back up in the championship um But yeah, no, but pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
2: No worries, Jack. Thank you.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.